Well, homies, I'm going to have to eat some humble pie. Last time we talked to you, me and the homie David Troy, talked to you guys about some NBA picks. I called this the greatest NBA sports betting podcast ever. And then on that very same episode, I went 0 for 4 in my picks. Got some of it back over the weekend, but definitely stained my public image as an NBA handicapper. Hopefully, I didn't drag David's name into the mud as well. David, thanks for coming back for this Redemption Monday. Hey, I'm ready for it. I uh, think maybe we just say this is the worst sports betting podcast ever and we'll go 4-0. Yeah, lower everyone's expectations. That's right. Under promise, over deliver is always what I was taught as a salesperson, but I've made sales quota like three of the 30 months that I did sales, so I'm probably not the best person to talk about with that. And judging on my recent performance, I'm not the best person to talk about NBA gambling with, but I'm firing, I'm confident. I did a nice little rally yesterday and Sunday to make up for all the lost units that I had in the effing Arnie Palmy Invitational. Uh, I yeah. bet the Clippers plus 550 when they were down by 15 going into the fourth. Wow. That was nice. Yeah. I just, I can't quit those fools. They were part of my 0-4 Thursday card. <laughs> they, they, they lost by 15, I think, to the Golden State Warriors. Excuse me. They lost by 24 to the Golden State Warriors without Steph Curry. But. Yep. I don't know. Uh, I, we say this all the time, or I say this all the time. I'm still confident in my picks, and I have at least two to give out on this podcast. I woke up. Actually, I didn't even wake up early to do my NBA handicap, and I did it last night before I even fell asleep. So I got the Cavaliers minus four at home against the Boston Celtics. What is that up to right now? Six and, Six and a half. Eight and a half. Eight and a half. Eight and a half? Yeah. So I can't give that out anymore. Actually, I don't even I don't have a line on this at all on DraftKings. Well, well I'm seeing DraftKings eight and a half right now. So it just got literally just got posted when I refreshed again. I don't know who's out. Um, Horford and Tatum. Horford Tatum. Yep. Okay. They both just got rolled out. Nice. So I got the better end of that number, but as you pointed out this past week, closing line value hasn't done shit for us this year. So. Right. The Celtics will probably end up winning this in the strength of Sam Hauser going for a 40-15 and 15 night. Sam Hauser is probably going to look like Nikola Jokic tonight. Well, don't forget the last time the Celtics uh, rested everybody against, uh, who was it? Was it Milwaukee? Is that the game I'm thinking of? That they they didn't have like anybody play and then they took Milwaukee pretty deep. I'm looking through the schedule if that's the right game I'm thinking of. Yeah, the overtime loss at Milwaukee Tuesday, February 14th. They lost 131 to 125, and in that game they did not have Tatum, Orford, Smart, or Brown. So four of their starters they didn't have, and they still almost beat the Bucks on the road. It's yep. just that kind of NBA this year. Yeah, they call it a make-or-miss league. I mean, it's pretty much games are won and lost behind the arc. So yeah. Boston's going to chuck up a bunch of threes, hoping to randomize the game, and if they go down, they could they could 
definitely cover the eight and a half, if not just upset Cleveland outright. I don't think Cleveland's even that good. As a Knicks fan, like I'm hoping we get the Cleveland Cavaliers in the first round. I think I think the the Knicks can beat them. Um, they the Cavs beat the or lost to the Celtics one thirteen or one seventeen to one thirteen the other night, and mm-hmm. what was one of the grosser backdoor covers I've seen in a while. Now I had it on a side screen, David, so I wasn't paying attention to this very closely. I just saw them down double digits entering the fourth quarter and then they won the fourth quarter 35 21 to cover as like five and a half point underdogs however what i didn't see is that the celtics won the third quarter by double digits so it was actually like a seesaw battle the Cavs had the first quarter uh lead so when i wrote this up earlier this morning or late last night excuse me i uh i took the cavaliers um under the assumption that this was what I call the scheduled loss, which is something that you uh, reintroduced me to somewhat recently. And oh. the Celtics played a double overtime game with the Knicks yesterday. That was obviously a hard-fought back-and-forth primetime game. And uh, I envisioned and predicted that the Celtics would give a couple starters the night off. So it's nice to get the right, end, the right side of the line, but it doesn't really add yeah. much to this podcast, I'll tell you that. No, and you know the the sad thing is though that in the NBA this year, and this goes kind of to your point about them being up, and even even your point about the Clippers, is like the worst thing that you can be is up by like fifteen to twenty points in the NBA, because you just give up that lead. It seems like especially early, if you're if you have a huge first quarter, you should almost always bet anybody who's down, unless you're talking about like the Pistons or Rockets or somebody being down by twenty after the first quarter. Hornets. Yeah, but if you're if you're another team, like if you're say the Bulls are up by twenty, bet whoever they're playing, and they're gonna win, because there have been so many blown twenty point leads and everything this year. It's just it, it doesn't make any sense. Like there's no logic to it. There's no rhyme or reason. It just is. They these teams go up big and then they stop playing. The other team comes back and they they finish it out. It happened to Boston the other day against uh, Brooklyn. They had a big lead yesterday again over the Knicks, and the Knicks came back with a huge run, um, finished it off in double overtime. It was, it, it's just – it's wild. But, yeah, live is probably the best way to play these games a lot of times because you get those fat plus money payouts right. when these teams are down double digits. And, yeah, like the first 20 minutes of the game usually doesn't mean that much. Like right. how profitable – one of your most profitable angles this year has been fading the Indiana Pacers in the first quarter. The Indiana Pacers are a pretty good team for the most part. Um, they are yep. 29-36, but they've already went over their regular season win total. Um, if they had a little more injury luck or maybe wanted to, cared a little bit more, they could be in the play-in. They still could, to be honest. So, And that's a team that's getting housed almost every first quarter. <laughs> so, Yeah. I mean, it, it's kind of crazy, but if you bet nothing but uh, – Pacers first quarters uh, faded them in the first quarter every game this season. Um, let's see, I can pull it actually really quick. So you'd be up close to like 25 units just fading them in the first quarter. And then, it, but if you went right back to them in the second quarter where they're one of the best teams in the NBA, you would be up another 12 units on them. So just betting those two quarters blindly this season 
you'd have gained roughly 40 units. Well, that's a decent little transition into our first game here. The Philadelphia yeah. 76ers at the Indiana Pacers. Pacers are seven-point home underdogs. Um, does Philly have everyone playing? That's a good question. So Tobias Harris and P.J. Tucker did not participate in the shoot-around today. And I do actually think both of them are pretty important to what the 76ers want to do. Um, they're not everything, obviously, but Tobias Harris takes away from their offensive capabilities. Uh, P.J. Tucker takes away from their defensive capabilities. So where we were just talking about fading the Pacers, you could do it if you want to. This is not the game to me that, that screams out, yes, fade them. Even though Tyrese Halliburton is questionable to play? Yeah. It, well, if Halliburton's questionable to play, you, might, you, you with the line the way it is right now, I would have to assume that he probably is not playing. Um, but I still probably – I probably wouldn't touch the first quarter. I would just go with the whole game because I don't think – without Halliburton, the Pacers are terrible. They're just yeah. not a good basketball team. Yeah, so of course. I, I think you just – I think you just go with the game and call it a day if he sets out. Um, if you bet against the Pacers at home in the first quarter, you would be up six or seventeen point six five units. They are nine and twenty four against the first quarter spread this year, at home. Excuse me, and their last three one and two, last five one and four, last ten three and ten, or three and seven. Excuse me. So. I don't know. I kind of want to blindly bet against them, but in the first quarter. But you're instructing me to do to not do that, and you're the one who brought me this fade the Pacers first quarter angle. How about yeah, player so, props? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. If you had a point, I, I was going to say I just it, it's it's more than just blindly betting it at this point. I mean, it is a huge long or a season long trend and everything, but in this particular situation, it it almost has more to do with the 76ers than it does the Pacers. Um, we, I had a play yesterday on the Bulls in the first quarter. They won that, and then they lost the game out, outright. Um, the Bulls are good in the first quarter. The Pacers are only one and, or excuse me, the 76ers are only one and four over their last five uh, first quarters on the road. So it's not Seen a great that. spot for them either. So um, this is again, this is, if Halliburton plays, Pacers are plus one and a half in the second quarter. That might be worth a look. And some of this stuff just has to do with how the rotations go for guys. I mean, Embiid plays a lot of the first quarter, sits down, and then doesn't come back in until, you know, seven minutes left in the second or something like that. Some of these Pacers guys, you know, they got like Benedict uh, Matherin and TJ McConnell. Well, both of them are good NBA players. I mean, they know what they're doing. So uh, some of that is just the bench players outplay the other team in the second and, you're, if you're down in the first quarter, you have to kind of make that run in the second. That's why the Pacers are so much better in the second quarter a lot of times. So just a couple of kind of things to consider there. Um, overall for the game, though, like I said, the, the look for me would either be the 76ers, you just take them now and hope Halliburton doesn't play, or stay off this game altogether because there's so many injury questions. That's going to be my approach. Um, the only other angle I could see is maybe taking the under just because with all the people – coming out of this game, um, there's going to be some offense that's going to be missing. If, if Halliburton's not in there, the pace will probably slow down for the Pacers. 
if you're missing Tobias Harris, that's some points that aren't going to be on the board. Um, so a lot of question marks in it overall, but the only ways I would look would be 76ers in the under. But I, I don't know that I'm going to play any anything on the game just because of how many injury concerns there are right now. Yeah, I'm looking at player props. Um, I'm focusing on James Harden for whatever reason. I mean, mostly just because he's been balling out lately. The numbers really aren't that good, though. and or The prices for the props really aren't that good. His points, rebounds, assists is 39.5 equal juice on both sides. I was looking at that one because he's been filling it up lately. And, like, this is probably his best season as like a legit like point guard. Like he obviously he was better as a, as a Houston rocket when he won the MVP, but like right. he was doing everything for that team. Pretty much they're like Luka Doncic, LeBron James, this one, he's more point guard and running the offense, but I feel like he can get more of these like uh, rebounds and assist stats by just because if PJ Tucker and, and, and Tobias Harris actually miss and, you know, he's going to need to, He's going to get more usage, probably get his hand on the ball a little bit more, hands on the balls, ball a little bit more. That's my thought. Any yeah. pushback or anything to add to that? Uh, I'm just kind of looking at his his past few games against the Pacers. Uh, looks like at home on the fourth he had 40 points, rebounds, and assists exactly. Uh, I'm not sure if I'm seeing anybody any other time. Oh, here we go. He had – yeah, he had 49 the first time. Both of those are home games. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think it's a bad look. The only the only other question I kind of have is Philly just broke uh, Milwaukee's winning streak, and you kind of have to wonder how much they're going to play in some of these because those were some pretty hard minutes that they had to play the other night. So Harden played forty almost 40 minutes the other night, and he's been – playing quite a bit there's got to be a game here pretty soon where rivers just either gives him the night off or uses him a lot less frequently but he's i mean over his last like looks like maybe 10 games 38 37 37 32 38 40 41 39 37 38 39 that's a lot of minutes for james harden i mean he's only 33 but he's also still overweight and not in great shape he's playing better but I would be a little concerned that this is the game that like they either get a big lead or they just mail it in. And Maybe he's just naturally like, well, he is just like naturally fat. Like I, could can, be, I yeah. can get up and down the court. Like I get up and down the court every time I play basketball, I'm a fat motherfucker. So it's just like, I don't know. Like I've been playing basketball my whole life. So my, my muscles are oddly conditioned for that. This fool will go out and drink, go to the strip club and like party and still go out and play 40. But yeah. You make a solid point. You know, he has played a lot of games consecutively at mostly 35 minutes plus. I mean, there was a one game where he didn't play more than 35 minutes. Actually, it looks like two. Um, <laughs> one was against San, uh, against San Antonio, and the other one was against Houston. Obviously, Neither one of them they needed him much for, and they won double digits without him playing a lot of minutes. So they and, play again tomorrow too. Yeah, and to your point, like who do they play tomorrow? Minnesota in Minnesota. Yeah, I don't know how much that matters, but fair enough. I mean, 
they're not like looking ahead to Minnesota is, is, is what I'm getting at. But sure. Yeah. I, I mean, I would think that some guys either set out one, one side of this and I just, you don't know who it's going to be. So whatever you do, whoever's listening to this, I, I would just suggest waiting until you know what the actual injury report is and everything. And if you want to take Harden over, go for it. I don't think it's a bad look at all by any means. I'm just giving you kind of like the both sides, I suppose. All right, David. Well, I got some stuff to think about, I guess. I'm probably not going to get to the window in James Harden. I'm just like spinning my tires. I only have three plays, and one of them I can't even give out publicly anymore. Um, The Cavaliers are now – we already talked about this game in depth, but we'll circle back on it. Or not in depth. already briefly discussed this game. The Cavaliers' favorite eight against the Celtics, who are now going to be without Al Horford, without Jason Tatum. Totals at 218. That feels low, right? I mean, it's a Celtics game or a uh, Cavs game. Most of their totals are around 220. But it if, does. It feels like, like Boston's going to try to speed this game up, right? They're going to probably ch- try to take a lot of threes and randomize it, you would think. I mean, they lead the NBA, excuse me, they're third in the NBA in three point attempt rate, anyways. Don't you think that increases given their situation? Like it's not like, like if they don't have Jason Tatum, who's going to be breaking people down off the dribble and getting to the rack, right? There's probably not that much of that. It's just going to be dudes like Sam Hauser and Derek White chucking threes. Yeah. That's that's fair. I mean, but then you're just relying on making sure that they actually make the shots too, which I'm not sure that I want to rely on Sam Hauser to make his threes or Peyton Pritchard when he comes in off the bench. No, that's, that's a, no, that's a fair point. That's a fair point, but it's only two nineteen. Like if the Cavaliers get to one twenty, the Celtics, even with a G league roster can get to 100, especially in like garbage time. Yeah. No? Uh, I'm, You're not I'm feeling it. Huh? I don't like much, uh, Many sell or uh, many totals involving the Cavs. <clears throat> if they were they were full strength, I might feel a little more confident in like the over on this. But to me, I I'd probably stay away from it because this this could be one of those games where the Celtics don't care whatsoever. They're playing. This is one of those travel spots where they have to fly to Cleveland and then they fly back to Boston right afterwards because they got a game in Boston. So. We've already decided, right? It's a scheduled loss. They're not going to win the game. They don't care about it. So what's, you know, what's going to be the, like the motivation? Unless they have a bunch of guys who are bench players who are trying to prove, you know, that they deserve more minutes or something. I think if you're going to look at anything for points, maybe Marcus Smart over because that guy loves to shoot when he has Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown on the floor with him, and he's still firing it up there every two seconds. So maybe him. Uh, as somebody to, I think that fool sucks. Yeah, he does, but he likes to shoot, and he's. It's only at twelve and a half today, and over his last six games, fifteen, ten, nineteen, fourteen, thirteen, thirteen. So he only missed it once. So he might be worthwhile to to take a look at. Call me crazy, but I'm feeling a Derek White night. 
Oh, I don't, I'm not calling you crazy at all on that. I think Derek White's actually a really good player. Um, his is at 15 and a half, and they don't have him listed as starting right now. Yeah, they got Sam Hauser. My guy. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'd be a little concerned with the bench guy, but Jalen Brown, 27 and a half points. Yeah, that doesn't. Eh. That feels a little too expensive. Am I right or am I wrong? Probably, probably. It's a lot for him to ask for him to do. Not not that he isn't capable of it or something. Yeah, he's averaging 26 on the year, but I'm not sure I want to do that against uh, Cleveland, which will really only have to focus in on him. Let me see what he averages on games without Jason Tatum. I like. I feel like are you are you looking at the the, the starting five through RotoWire.com? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like they're wrong. They have been wrong before. Oh, of course. I don't yeah, think, were, I don't think Sam Hauser is going to start. That's that's what I'm getting at. Like, Derek White has started. This year he started 53 games. Holy shit, that's surprising. I ran into that in real time. He started 53 games. Who started 53? Derek White. This game, This year? Yeah. No way. That's, that yeah, I'm looking at it on Basketball Reference. I'm kind of hmm. that kind of blows my mind. So yeah, I don't I don't believe Sam Hauser is actually going to start this game. I believe RotoWire is wrong. And even if he does start, like I do think Derek White's minutes are going to be closer to 30. Hmm. As a starter, he's got a better offensive rating, has a better true shooting percentage by a pretty wide margin. Off the bench, he's shooting 28% from three. As a starter, he's shooting 39%. And, yeah, like, the 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 Celtics don't care about this game, but the rookie head coach doesn't want to lose any game. So you think even regardless – I mean, he's a professional. Like, he's going to – try to create yeah, the best try, lineup, yeah. right? Like, right. And I don't see how having Derek White come off the bench could over or behind Sam Hauser could could be a smart move, right? Well, I, I guess I wonder what positions they're having Derek White play at, though. I mean, I, I imagine, I guess he started for when Brown was out and when Smart is out. So guard. Right. But, but like Jalen Brown I, is... I think Jalen Brown games. is a big shooting guard. He's effectively he a wing. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'd have to go back and look at all the the lineups that they had. His fifty three is just. I, I'm looking at it too, and it, it just seems like that isn't possible. For, right. For how many how many uh, games he he's played as or he's been in it as a starter? That's wild, but. Yeah, as a starter, he's went over. What is this total? It is fifteen and a half at minus one twenty-five. Do you know what the other books have it as? I can look that up right now. Hold on. It's yeah, it's usually right around there. DraftKings is usually actually a point lower than FanDuel. Um, I'm gonna go back to Jalen Tatum or Jalen Tatum, Jalen Brown. While you look that up, but. He has averaged 26.9 points per game without Jason Tatum. 29.6? 26.9. But doesn't it get to a certain number with the point props where you start kind of like, uh, I don't yeah, want to do I, that. I'm not advising him to take it. I'm, I'm not. I mean, his last 
five games without them were 27, 24, 36, 22, and 50. He played 46 minutes against the Magic. He did play against Cleveland in 2021. This isn't relevant because it's a completely different team, but he played 19 minutes and scored 33 points against Cleveland in a game without uh, Tatum. That's a good point. All right. I, I, I personally wouldn't play it. It's just... I wouldn't play it either way, I guess. 27 seems kind of fair. He could go for 30 any night, but he also could go for 20. And then be like, well, we're down by 15. We're going to just pack it in here in the third quarter. You can take the rest of the night off. In Derek White's three games against the Cavs, he has scored a combined 16 points. <laughs> Two of them have been starts. That that might be. Maybe that's why we uh, we need to not bet the over with him. What did he score in the game against Milwaukee where everybody was out? He scored 27 in that game. So I'm guessing the books are thinking it's going to be kind of like that. But he's only 3 of 12 from 3. That's, I mean... He took 24 attempts. Yeah. That was his most by far in a game this season, I bet. It's got to be. For sure. He was going on a little tear then. Yeah. Like right before the, the All-Star break. And they, yep. let's see. We'll go seven games before the All-Star break. He was scoring 22 points per game on 44% three-point shooting. He's lighting it up a little bit. Did against Phoenix, yeah. Philly, Memphis, Milwaukee. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Darius Garland. Garland over 22 and a half seems like it might be the right choice, but I would probably want Mitchell to be in there for him to score that many. Take you... some of the attention away from him. Oh, really? Yeah. You're not worried about the usage going down? No, not really. Um, I mean, Garland, Garland, I think, is averaging about that per game anyways. Uh, and he's at home, which I like playing him at home much better than on the road. Uh, How's Derek White doing on the road? Yeah, pretty much the same. I guess he's shooting a little worse, but. It's all the same difference. All right, I gotta stop talking about Derek White. People don't <laughs> shit about this guy. All right, uh, do you have any official plays in Celtics Cavs? I'm I'm just sticking That's, with my minus yeah. four that I bet this morning. I'm gonna say no. All right, cool. Next game: Portland Trailblazers at the Detroit Pistons. Portland's laying five and a half on the road. More juice on the five and a half for uh, the uh, Trailblazers minus five and a half. Total is 228 and a half. Um, I didn't look hard into this game last night. Um, the Pistons have killed my soul. I took them in the uh, in the preseason to go over their alternate win total. That has no chance of cashing. They're clearly not trying to win games. So I'm not sure how much motivation there is. But Portland has been kind of on the struggle bus of late. They're needing Damian Lillard to go nuts to win any games. Do you have any thoughts on this one? I'm sure you do, but I mean, bets. Uh, so they, the, the trailblazers played 
yesterday against Orlando, I believe. No, Washington, right? No, no it was Orlando. Orlando. I Orlando. bet him. I bet yeah. him against Orlando yesterday. Yeah, and they they pulled that one out. Um, Detroit hasn't played, so they have the rest advantage. Uh, it actually doesn't much matter um, from what I was just looking at uh, because Detroit is pretty good. I think they're eight and five with the rest advantage, but the Trailblazers with the with no rest are six and five against the spread. And with rest disadvantage, they're also 11, six, 11 and six against the spread. So nothing really there. Um, kind of like the under. I mean, the Pistons are not really scoring that many points right now. They don't have who in their lineup is going to score. So they have the worst their... offensive rating over the last two weeks. Yeah. I mean, their, their team total, and I'm just looking at DraftKings, obviously look around and see where you can get the best number, but uh, their team total right now is 111 and a half. I kind of have to go with the under on that. I can't imagine them putting up 111 points on, even against a bad Portland defense. Just no thanks. I, I don't know. Uh I might go with their team total under. What's the market saying? Market's betting the over. It's ticking down from two twenty nine and a half. Yeah. Oh, you're going yeah. team total under? Yeah, that's my thought. Okay, so it opened at two thirty and a half. It's down to two twenty eight and a half. The public, according to pregame.com, is there's a Slightly more bets. 60% of the bets are on the under. 97% of the money is on the under here. So I think the under is the right look. Um, just there's no like supporting trends behind that. Like The over-under trends for both teams in the spot is relatively even to both sides of the total. Um, I'm kind of stalling here so I can pull up the referee assignments. The referee yeah. assignments. Oh, this is interesting. So... John Goble, seven games under, uh, seven more games to the under. Am I saying that right? I can just do this in my head. Hold on. The combine, the officiating uh, crews combine over under a record is nineteen games towards the under, like under five hundred towards the under. Does that make sense? What I'm saying? Mm-hmm. How I'm saying yeah. it? Hopefully it makes sense to everyone else. So I know the Detroit Pistons, they are second in free throw attempt rate, and then Portland is fifth. Both of them have poor defensive free throw attempt rates, but you would think both those things are going to normalize given the referee assignments. At least that's the only like over-under trend that I could find that that kind of supports the under here. So 19 games to the under? I like that. Like like two of the refs are seven games and then one of them's five. I'm yeah, with you I, here. They the the, the I mean, I mean the, the the Pistons have the worst offensive rating in non-garbage time since over the last 2 weeks. Let's go since the All-Star break just to kind of make it an even number. I mean, maybe maybe we're also overthinking this and just why, why aren't we just taking the Portland spread? I mean, they're going to win, right? Pistons aren't really trying. I just think that 
if Damian Lillard has an off shooting night, that team kind of just like pukes all over itself, and they don't know really what to yeah. do. Like, that, what are their moves fair. outside of outside of outside of Damian Lillard, the Jeremy Grant revenge game? And he's not trying to get revenge. What, what can he be mad at okay. that organization for? They paid him twenty five million dollars a year <laughs> and traded him. Yeah, thank you for getting rid of me. Um, uh, the other thing to look at though here too is. Uh, Anthony Simons and Nurkic might be coming back tonight. There's a, at least a possibility. I mean, again, this is going off roto wire. I haven't seen anything from the beat reporters yet, but uh, if Simons does come back tonight, there's a little bit, and this would be a good game for them to come back in because it's one that you should be able to handle and and take care of business in. So according I, to the, I, the I, according to the sorry. According to the 1.30 Pacific Eastern Standard Time Zone NBA injury report, Anthony Simons and Jusev Nurkic is out. And I said all that specifically. I have looked at uh-huh. the 1.30 injury report, and it has changed after making my bet. So if you're listening to this, like, oh, okay, they're out. Nah, they're probably out. They're most likely out. If they show up and play, that wouldn't be nearly the craziest situation that's happened in the NBA this year. Yeah. Um, Bogdanovich is also out. Jalen Durant is also out. Killian Hayes is questionable. Isaiah Stewart's out. These guys, man, I'm, I, I think I'm going, I'm going with the under. It's only moved two points. It hasn't moved that much. I'm going to take the under. That's going to be my third play here. I'm going to switch out the Cavaliers. Well, I already have the Cavaliers minus four, but I can't count it against the record. So I'll take under two twenty eight and a half in this game. I think I'm going Pistons team total under uh, 111 and a half. I, I just don't see it happening for him. So you do think there's an outside chance that Portland just nukes them? I think it's possible. Um, I don't know. I, I'd rather just focus in on the Pistons because I know their team sucks. And you never know. Lillard could decide that he wants to score a million points because he's going for the scoring title because they have nothing else to look forward to this year. The first game, Trailblazers scored 135 points. Pistons scored 106. That was, I think the Pistons were at full strength in that game. It was on the road, but still. Yeah, they had Bogdanovich, Bay, Stewart, Duran, Ivy. In their last 10 home games, Detroit has went under their team total seven times. Yeah, I'm taking the under. I'm moving on. Do I want to do the same thing? Do I want to copy you? It's been profitable, that system. When David and Jeff make the same bet, that wins. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Right? Am I crazy here? No, Um, I'm not seeing a team total on DraftKings. Are you seeing it on DraftKings? Yeah, 100 team props. Do I have to refresh my gut? Oh, there it is. Okay, cool. It. Uh, I will say it. Just the juice went just from one fifteen both ways to now minus one twenty five uh, on the over. Still don't care. I'm taking the minus. Or I'll take one eleven at a better number at minus one hundred five. I'm gonna take two eighty eight or two twenty eight and a half. That's what I'm gonna go with. All right, let's lock those plays in and move on. It's, Next, hey, don't. Ooh. Don't take it yet. Two twenty nine and a half at Sportsbook or at uh, Sportsbook at FanDuel. <sighs> they don't so sponsor the point. podcast though. 
All right, well, I'm going to refresh this page before we get out of here, and then I'll take that number. How does that? Right that now, works. I'm tentatively locked into 228 and a half under Trailblazers Pistons. Next game, 740 Eastern Standard Time tip-off, Southeast Division matchup, the second of a back-to-back between the Miami Heat hosting the Atlanta Hawks. The Miami Heat are two-and-a-half-point favorites, which is down from the number that I bet them at, minus three. The total is 229. Um, I don't know. I'm probably beating a dead horse here, but I hate the Atlanta Hawks. I hate the way that they play. I don't like their basketball identity. And they're going through a makeover hiring new head coach Quinn Snyder, who I like. He's good. Um, Okay, fair enough. He's pretty good. But I just don't like the quality of looks Trey Young gets the teammates. He doesn't get them quality looks. They all just stand around and watch him. And when he's either can't find a shot or is done trying, then he'll kick it out to someone to shoot a, a, a contested jumper usually. The Miami Heat just have a better shot profile. They have a better wide-open three-point attempt rate on both offense and defense. They have a better shot selection according to cleaningtheglass.com. Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler, I think, are the two best players on the floor. Like even including the Hawks players. I actually like Murray more than I like Young. Uh, Butler has played really well against the Hawks so far this year. He's only played two games, but he has an 80% true shooting. Plus 42 net rating. Bam out of bio in three games, averaging 27 points against the Hawks. 63% shooting. 22 net rating. I mean, the best argument, I wrote this in my column today, but the best argument is the zigzag theory can't beat the same team in consecutive games which is fair it's fair and as weird and mercurial if i'm using that right word correctly as the heat could be i don't hate the zigzag angle it does kind of make sense here but just miami plays better basketball in my opinion like even if their offense goes into ruts jimmy butler will get them to the free throw line Right, like Tyler Hero is always good for a random twenty to twenty-five point game, and Bam Adebayo just kills this team on both ends of the floor. What he did against their pick and roll last year in the playoffs was absolutely sensational, and he pretty much takes away the lob to Clint Capella. Like, I don't know. Please talk me out of this. Well, you can't because I already made the bet. But what are your thoughts on it? Uh, from, for pretty much the remainder of the season, I probably won't be touching anything Miami heat related They're just, they hurt you too bad. Yeah. It's not even that they hurt me too bad. I just feel like they're too inconsistent. Um, they're not one of the teams that has screwed me over the most. That's by far the Timberwolves. And that's because I just keep believing and they just kill me every time. But, um, the season for, for the heat has just been so strange where you figure they're going to win certain games and they don't a lot of the charlotte game on the feb on february 25th and then you know that you think oh well they'll probably come home and they'll beat philadelphia they'll put in a good battle well they lost by 23 (laughs) none of this stuff makes all that much sense so i'm just i don't feel like i have a great read on them one guy to look at though you already brought up is bam at a bio 
the last game he had 30 points, 11 rebounds, 5 assists. His line tonight for uh, PRA is 32.5, which seems like a gimme. I mean, it's at minus 140 on DraftKings right now, so that's not something I personally will play just because I don't like laying that high of juice on things, but that seems like that should be a pretty easy one for him, even if he ends up with getting maybe only 20 points. He should still get 10 rebounds, you know, three or four assists and, and get over your total there. So that'd be the way that I would probably look at that one. Um, it's 33 and a half on FanDuel at minus 108. Uh, and I'm sure there's other books that have different numbers, but that to me seems like it's probably a, a pretty good look in this one. Um, it would just be going with whatever you can get on at a bio, wherever you can get it. Uh, I'm trying to look at his last game. So, yeah, I mean, the game at Atlanta was 38. And then before that, let's see if I can find it. He had 41. So, yeah, I, I think this is probably another play that I would recommend. Is that a bio over his points, rebounds, and assists? Yeah, like I said, he's averaging this season against the oh, – man, where did it go? Where did it go? Well, well, um, he's averaging 27 points per game and 10, 10 rebounds. What's his PRA, you said? Uh, 32 or 33 uh, and a half. That's easy money, baby. I like it. Do you do NBA prop parlays? Can you do that? Sometimes. Yeah. I can't. My, uh, the guy that I bet through doesn't allow that. No. No. I can't bet through the state of California because they're, they no, suck. They're, yeah, they're really stupid. Yeah. Um, I actually just, speaking of which, I just bet under Trailblazers, Pistons, under 230. So I think I got the right end of that number. They just took it off DraftKings. So something's going on with the Trailblazers. Trailblazers, oh, I'm sorry. It's back up to 229.5. All right, so that's where I'll play it here on the podcast um, or against the podcast record. And apparently the Heat is back up to minus three. So all right, all right. Numbers are kind of moving in my direction. That, That makes me feel good. So, I'm going to go with the Pistons, Portland, Trailblazers, under a 229.5, and I'm already locked in with the Heat, minus three. You're going over Bam Adebayo points, assist, rebounds? Or is yeah, that I just think a so. Lead? I mean, uh, I, I think I like it enough to play it. It's minus 140. You got to really like it, dude. I'm, I'm going to take over 33.5 at minus 108. Love it. All right. Um, next game here, six or nine o'clock Eastern Standard tip off between the Nuggets minus six and a half, hosting the Raptors. Totals two twenty nine. Have you considered doing a tank parlay, where you just parlay the money lines against teams that are clearly tanking? Not saying that's the case, but this is. Like the, I'm looking in the minus 200 to minus 250 range to parlay those those spots. I don't like it here for the Raptors Nuggets because I don't believe the Raptors are tanking. But generally speaking, like, would you be interested in 
and parlaying the Trailblazers and oh man, the Seventy Sixers. No, not tonight. Um, mostly because again, I I think there are some issues with uh, with the lineups for both of those. Um, plus the fact that the Pacers aren't really tanking. Like they're they're trying to get that play in seed or that play in spot. So you're right. I'm I forcing it. Yeah, I, I, w- I, I withdraw think that, that comment. <laughs> no, I, I mean it's a good good idea. I think you'd probably be better off with like the Cavs and and uh, Trailblazers, which would be minus one hundred six. Like that to me would be probably a better look than than anything else. Um, even the Nuggets and the Cavs. At least you're getting two home teams there. They're minus one nineteen if you if you wanted to do it. Because I do think you know the Celtics. While they have the potential to win it, I I don't think they're going to try to. Um, so, I don't know. But for this game, I'm taking Nuggets in the first quarter. By the way, that was where I was headed with this one. All um, right. Why? Well, part of it is that the Raptors are just—they've been very bad in the first quarter of games lately. Uh, they are own five over their last five. Obviously, that makes them own three in their last three. Um, they didn't even cover, I don't think. Let me, I better double check before I fully commit to saying this. But um, their last game, they didn't even have to travel again. They were in Washington. And I don't think they covered either of those games in the first quarter. Uh, in their see. last five, the Raptors are 0-5 against the first quarter spread. Yeah, yeah. So they were down four at the end of the game that they won. And they were down four in the end of the game that they lost against Washington. So I'm taking the Nuggets. Uh, Nuggets have not been quite as reliable, and I mean that very slightly. I mean they they've kind of started slow in a few of their last first quarter games, but they're still at home. Um, so they they've been looking at the same rim, same shot line. They should be able to come in here and easily pull out a uh, minus two and a half point cover in the first quarter so that would be my bet i actually said this on your podcast last time i was on here that i thought this might be a smash spot but only because the nuggets haven't been quite as reliable recently i'm i'm not gonna take this um as quite a i I love i don't love it anymore i like it so i but it is a play it's something that i've already put money on minus two and a half Yes. I think I'm going to follow you on that one, buddy. Yeah, I mean, the Raptors are 0-5 uh, in, the, in the first quarter, against the first quarter spread in their last five road games. The, um, the Nuggets have a plus 5.2 first quarter margin at home this season. Um, Denver's historically a tough place to play and visit. But do you think that like the altitude issues affect teams more during the later stages of the game or initially? I always get confused by that. By that. It's usually initially from what I've from seen. What you gathered. I mean, yeah, but the, I mean, the Nuggets do, they just tend to come out 
and play well. I also think, you know, there's a, there's other ways you can look at this game. If you don't like the first quarter, I, I mean, I think the Nuggets probably should cover the six and a half. That's not that much to ask them to do. Um, they just had, I think, six and a half against the Grizzlies, and they ended up winning that game by almost 20. Um, and then the ever-present Jokic to get a triple-double tonight is minus 120 for yes. And, I mean, if you think he's going to win, you could probably can just – I don't know if every everywhere will allow you to do it, but some places will allow you to parlay it with um, – with the Nuggets winning the game, and they haven't lost the game that he's gotten a triple double in. So, what are, what are they like? Twenty now, twenty five and or something like that. Twenty eight and zero, something. Dude, I'm on it. I'm on the Nuggets first quarter. I'm with you on it. I like it. Um, I'm trying to think of more to add, like basketball logic. So. The Raptors are a terrible shooting team, right? And they also have like a weird team in terms of like just like personnel and and roster makeup. So I think it makes sense the Nuggets jump out on them early. Nick Nurse, who's like a great defensive coach and in-game adjustments, will make some adjustments as, as the game progresses. But I think there's a very high likelihood that the Nuggets just come out and punch them in the mouth early. And then the Nuggets and then the Raptors do make those adjustments. And um, the Raptors are also a, a terrible shooting team. So I think maybe as they get used to the sight line, used to the altitude, again, their shooting could improve as the game progresses, but I think they're more likely to come out cold than they are to come out hot. And then get hot rather than go cold. But all of that is like, for lack of a better way of putting it, like almost circumstantial evidence. But mm-hmm. I don't need that much support to go ahead and make a bet here. <laughs> I'm just gonna, right. I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna do it. I'm just feeling it. Ah, yeah. And sometimes that's just the right thing to do. I mean, when things align the right way, this this should be this should be a a, a Denver spot. Um in the first quarter. I, I do think the full game too. I, I just, I probably will need to do a little bit more digging into that one to make sure. Um, and then, like I said, if you want to go with a Jokic triple double at minus minus one twenty, he's probably going to do it go for it. Yeah. He, he probably will. So. All right. Well, I have a fourth play then. And, um, that's added to the final game we're going to talk about, the Pelicans at the Kings. Pelicans are getting five. The over-under is 237. It is very, very high, a very, very high total, despite the Pelicans being without Zion Williamson, without Jose Alvarado, and Jonas Valanciunas questionable. And that's be- it's a high total because... The Kings cannot fucking play defense. They are allergic to it. They've been... It's like like a really tough gangster badass goes in their locker room pregame and holds a gun to everyone's head and says, you are not going to play defense today. We want nothing but overs. Yeah, we want nothing but overs. And that's why I'm taking the points with the Pelicans. Like, CJ McCollum, Brandon Ingram... 
are two of the best three players on the floor. I'm not a Sabonis guy, and I'm not a De'Aaron Fox guy, but they've both been awesome this year. I'll say that. But I think Brandon Ingram and C.J. McCollum can keep the Pelicans in this game because Sacramento's defense is just a nightmare. Also, I thought this was interesting. The Pelicans beat the shit out of the Kings earlier this month, or uh, in early February. Uh, they beat them by 30. I think it was 136 to 104. I'm trying to pull it up now, but uh, the webpage is being really slow for me. The first matchup? Yeah, it was 136-104 Pelicans. <laughs> yeah. The Pelicans didn't have Zion. They didn't have Brandon Ingram. Um, they didn't have uh, Jonas Valanciunas. Now, the Kings were missing De'Aaron Fox, but like that doesn't outweigh... That doesn't mean more than who the Pelicans were missing. The Pelicans beat them in three or all four of the fa- uh, all four factors. Also, the Pelicans were on the second of a back to back, and the Kings had a rest edge, and still they boat raced them. Um, I just think like the Kings are a team with their defense that I feel much more comfortable taking the points with than laying the points with, and. Um, I think the New Orleans Pelicans, well, they are obviously playing at peak motivation, falling pretty much out of the playoff seating currently. I mean, there's a whole, there's like a log jam in the play-in spot in the West. But I think this is too many points for a terrible Kings defense to be laying, even at home. And Five of the last six teams that have beaten the Pelicans, the Pelicans have been playing bad lately, but five of the last six teams that beat them could play defense. The Kings cannot. So it's mostly a fade against the, the, the Pelicans or the Kings defense. That's where I'm at here. I got it at six this morning. I gave it out at five and a half. And for the podcast, I'll have to take five, but I'm down. I don't know if I'm on the same side as you. I, I don't know that I'm going to play it, but I personally don't know that I can support the Pelicans with how terrible they've been playing lately. There's nothing about them that I've been watching that I'm like, oh, they're turning a corner. They're making they're they're finally going to make their run back towards the playoffs. You know I'm a big Brandon, Brandon Ingram guy, but they're just not playing super efficient. They're not playing very well. C.J. McCollum looks like he's been – very off lately uh, his shot has not been anything that is reliable um, yeah so for me I, I don't know I just would stay off of this one personally I, I I think the Kings are just a better team than the Pelicans right now and they're at home I, I don't know I if I had to play one of them, I would I would take the Kings, but I, I I get your point, which is what is kind of giving me some hesitation. I just won't. I can't support the Pelicans right now. No, I hear you. They've been pretty bad lately since the All Star break. They are one and four. They're twenty six in net rating. So I'm with you, but. Yeah. They were playing really bad when these teams met last month, and they just just trampled oh, yeah, yeah. them. Like Najee no, I, Mar- I Marshall was like the best player on the floor in that game. Like that can't be happening, you know? Yeah, for sure. It, I don't know. It, 
could be a revenge game for the Kings if you know you believe in too much of that stuff, which I don't know if I do or don't. I don't know how much some of these teams actually care about beating the team that beat them because it seems like NBA players don't care one way or the other ever. So it's kind of hard to interpret. <laughs> but, um, yeah, man, I, I don't know. To me, that one just – It's a stay away, huh, at best. Yeah, yeah I, I think I'd rather watch it and find out. I'd, I'd rather be wrong with no money on it or right with no money on it than uh, – wrong with money so i just want you to do me a favor and dm me if you're gonna stab me in the back don't just stab me in the back first <laughs> just to let you know if i decide to take the kings hey, after all hey the knife is coming turn around <laughs> yeah. just gotta give you a heads up here yeah uh, don't <laughs> don't make me feel like uh pesci and goodfellas or i step into the room and i feel the plastic like oh shit yep david's it here just, to murder uh, me by the way, it just went up to six again. And Beautiful. That's why I can give it is on the juice is on, on the Kings now, too. That tells me Brandon Ingramson. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Uh-oh. It's coming. <laughs> and I already locked in the bet. Oh, no. Hold on. Malcolm Brogdon not in the injury report. That's not what I'm looking for. Where is the Pelicans news? I'm not seeing any right now, so... I'm not going to sit here and waste the listener's time while I find it. But, yeah, it did drop a point. point This is why. It's because Fox went through shoot-around. And he was actually there. Fair enough. Yeah, he's questionable to play. So, I guess the takeaway is probably wait until De'Aaron Fox is ruled one way or the other. Because if De'Aaron Fox doesn't play, what does this get down to? Four at most? Probably not. Probably. Yeah, somewhere around but if there. he plays, he gets up to six and a half. I'd rather just Maybe. wait and just take the Pelicans either way. Yeah, that probably makes sense. That's where I'm at. So here are my looks for today. I'm going cat. Well, no, I got to take the Cavs off. I'm going Heat minus three. I'm going Pelicans plus five and a half. I'm going under Trailblazers Pistons two twenty nine and a half. I'm going Nuggets two and a half in the first quarter. And God damn it, do I want Derek White over 14 and a half points? <laughs> and damn it, do I You're want... Still thinking about it, huh? Yeah. Because I'm still thinking about that one time where I passed on like three player props and they all cashed. And then and then I, sir, uh, the next day I went with under Kyle Kuzma points and he scored the first 10 points of the game. And I'm just like, <laughs> I got I to gotta redeem myself after that. Yeah. But maybe I'm chasing the dragon. All right, do you have a one play you're willing to give out to the listeners? Yeah, I mean, uh, so the the one play I think that everybody should take is the Nuggets minus two and a half in the first quarter. I think that's that's probably my favorite of the day. Um, some of the other ones I talked about, though, Pistons team total under 111 and a half, Nuggets for the full game. That you know, those these aren't ones that I've bet yet. And then Bam Adebayo over 33.5 points, rebounds, and assists. If you can get it at 32 and it's not at minus 140, if it's at like a minus 125 or something, I think that's better. But I think he should get closer to 40 than he should be at around 30. So I'll take his over 33.5 points, rebounds, and assists. So those are those are what I'm looking at uh, on this one. Let me see what I can get for Bam Adebayo. I'm seeing... I, I, still like Portland minus five too. I probably won't play it. 
I'm seeing 32 and a half for Bam out of Bayou minus 143 in the over. It's a little, yeah, I, it's a little expensive. I agree. I, I'm not risking one and a half unit almost on any player prop. They're just too. I mean, I'm sure you can find value and do max plays and all that stuff, but most of my player props, I, I don't ever put more than one unit on just because they get injured and it's over. Yeah. So. No, I'm usually like a half unit player prop guy. Yeah. All right, homies. Well, thanks for listening to the NBA podcast. Hopefully we can return back to glory. We were red hot before I ran my mouth last week and <laughs> I got smacked. I think you were a slight victim towards yeah. my jinxing. So I apologize for that, but it's All a good. redemption Monday. That's right. That's what this is. All right. Back. Hey, where can people, uh, find your handicaps are you still red hot in hockey so i've lost my last two games so i think uh over my last like 20 i think i'm like 15 and 5 or something like that um which i'll take that in any sport any any time um but i do have a hockey play for tonight that i put out and then uh college basketball so you can find me for that on outkick baseball is coming up and last year i was i think it was 272 and 202 so 70 games over 500 um in baseball last year so those are all on outkick for free every day i do about i do three picks pretty much every day um now just because i was good last year doesn't mean i'll be good this year it could be anything but um that's where you can find a lot of the writings and then i put some other articles out on beatingthebookie.com and then also uh that's where you can find my nba package as well as uh, some other stuff. But you can find me on Twitter at FuturePres2024. All right. And make sure to pay attention to the Outkick Bets podcast feed this week because I will be back Tuesday for our Hot Links Golf Gambling podcast to break down the 2023 Players' Championship at TPC Sawgrass, a tournament I am very excited about. All right, David. Good luck tonight. Let's make this money back. Uh, I agree. (laughs) Peace.